Shalom, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We are Between the River and the Ravens. I'm James. This is my wife, Lee. Shalom. Things might look a little different around here on the set. We do have a new intro as well as background. Uh, of course, last week we were at the beach at, in North mm -hmm. Carolina, so things definitely look different for us there. Uh, I think we soaked up the last bit of sun because it is cold here, frost each morning and in the 50s down to the 30s at night. So uh, definitely change of season, but we're welcoming it in and we hope that it's a blessed season for you as well. Awesome. We are so excited to get in the, into this tonight. Uh, woe to those calling evil good. Yes, that's a, a great verse that you can see in society today. It's really being flipped and the narrative, the agendas that everyone's pushing has really contradicted that. And so we just wanted to shine some light on that darkness that is filling and surrounding us each and every day, showing you some things that might be hidden from you. Uh, of course, everything is so well celebrated uh, we are full learn deception and don't always realize the origins right. of these activities these festivals so we hope that this message is a blessing and please like and subscribe if you do enjoy this show share it out to friends and family uh, there's probably many out there that don't know some of these details so we hope that uh, we can all glean from this message we definitely were in the dark for quite a while about it. Um, and it was a rude awakening for us. And a lot of this, if you're watching this, you may already know these things. Maybe you'll uh, learn a thing or two, or it'll just reaffirm in you that, that you shouldn't be uh, participating in certain things or watching certain things. Um so let's get our PowerPoint up here. And this really spoke to me. We, we always search out for the right uh, backdrop or the something that goes with what our flow is. And um, this has definitely spoke to us as to how shrouded things are. And, and if you are following in the light, you're usually on the outside like this person, you know, you're usually not in the big city um, in the midst of what they partake in there. So a lot of us on the narrow path, being set apart really is being set apart, right, on yeah. the outside. That's exactly what this photo spoke to me is, you know, being set apart. You may be alone, but it's what is best and what's safest uh, because there is so much corruption 
in these big cities and really just in the world. Right. So let's just get on in here. Uh, definitely being spammed in our comments. <laughs> cool. I'm not sure what's going on there. That usually isn't a thing, but we're yeah, definitely yeah. being hit. You uh, put evil in your title and man, does it show up to join you apparently. It does. And it doesn't even want to be blocked. So right? we'll see. Apologize if you are in the chat and see anything inappropriate. Uh, yeah. We did not invite them along. So. <laughs> Absolutely not. So let's get into our first slide. Hopefully that's the end of the spam. <laughs> I tell you, you get attacked by on every side sometimes. But welcome and let's get on into it. We sh made sure to say our prayer and... I guess we yes. failed to mention to leave that out of here. So Well, and um, also uh, praying over you, take all of this uh, with a grain of salt. Uh, pray for protection um, for you and over you, uh, as you should do anytime you're, you're digging into subjects like this. Um, we just pray Yahweh protect us, um, protect you, and that this information is received as he wants it received. Yeah, you know, we could probably have a discussion on this for the rest of the year. There's so much to go down, so many rabbit trails, uh, just so many topics off of this whole main category. So you know, we're just kind of dipping our toe into one. Of course, you know, we are approaching Halloween, so that's kind of what uh, inspired this discussion. We're going to, you know, dabble in a little bit of that tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, even more than that, kind of where it stemmed and just evil in general, uh, where you see it rampant in in modern day life. So uh, we do hope that, you know, this blesses you, but always pray, put your armor on because the darkness is there and, you know, things have been made to look cute or we've been desensitized but it's there and it can be powerful and it, and it is can not cute be destructive right so. it can destroy families in ways that you just wouldn't know we we do have a, a presentation called armor up buttercup that would be a good one to go to if you would like how to protect yourself in this kind of uh, society and world that we live in it definitely is helpful but we've attached uh, here, we're going to start in Isaiah. Do you want to start? Yeah, so Isaiah is such an amazing book. Shell Wagner read the entire book just a few weeks ago. Mm. And wow, it is full of so much. Um, and of course, we can probably find inspiration out of every chapter. But this is a very important chapter here. I'm sure you're familiar with it if you have read Isaiah before. Woe to the wicked and you know, wicked is nothing new. It has been around from the beginning. Uh, so we are going to start in Isaiah 5 chapter. I'm sorry. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 8. Mm -hmm. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. That to me, as we're going through here, I've got little, uh, a couple of uh, side notes because this is Isaiah speaking, I believe, to, to what we're in now, right in the end of days. 
So this verse 5, 8 to me, um, I saw as I was praying and thinking over this overpopulated neighborhoods, um, overpopulated cities, building after building, um, the disappearing farmland, you know, buying up the farmland, turning it into a parking lot. I think there was a song about that. Um, they paid par paradise and put up a parking lot. That's what I see in that most definitely. Um, and, and, and that's how it is now. But even in our neighborhood, it's ridiculous. It, we moved where we're at now to be in the country and it is no longer the country. There is house after house after house. It is creeping in. That's for sure. It is. Picking up in verse nine. In my ears said Yahuwah Sevaoth of a truth. Many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. And, and that kind of goes along with verse eight in that I see the coming looming housing collapse, uh, our inflation, uh, as many times as this has happened through the history in America, where we've seen the great depression, um, we've seen many times where people couldn't afford their houses and the houses shall be desolate, or that could even be, um, prophetic, uh, for people dying off at an alarming rate. Just something to think about there. Verse 10. Yea, 10 acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of a homer shall yield an ephah. So this means you're trying really hard to grow things and you're not getting much return from it. And, and in that I see pollution of our water, our air, and our earth. This year was the absolute worst year we've ever had for our garden. Now, granted, we don't have a huge garden, you know, we're, we're not a farm, but our backyard garden, we, we have four different beds that we do. And, and I've always had great success with things. Uh, we're in middle Tennessee, so we're in a, a prime area to grow. This was the worst year for growing anything. I couldn't even grow squash. It, it has been totally sad, and I believe it has everything to do with the pollution of our water, our air, and our earth. And we've heard from many people all over the country that they've dealt with similar situations, a, mm -hmm. a very weak harvest, unfortunately. Verse 11, woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink that continue until night till wine inflame them. And I just, uh, it's not hard to see what this is about. It, I see Hollywood. I see musicians. I see people that have great wealth uh, from their trades, uh, if you can call it that. A, a lot of it is to bring sin into our lives through the television, through radio, in our eyes, in our ears, to be bombarded with that. Um, and their lifestyle, you can watch it on any social media or any TV channel and see them living that life right there. This partying, drinking, you know, no worries for them. They're millionaires making their money off of uh, selling iniquity, selling sin. Yeah. And it's profitable. Being an example to all the youth and everybody that idolizes them, thinking that that's cool. That's what you have to do in order to have success like them. It's just a totally twisted and corrupt way of thinking and living. Right. 
Verse 12, and the harp and the vial and the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feast, but they regard not the work of Yahuwah, neither consider the operation of his hands. That definitely, uh, as we're going into the pagan holidays that are approaching, um, that's what I saw. Uh, people have forgotten the Sabbath. It's been corrupted. They've forgotten the feast days of the Father. Those have been corrupted. And man is doing his own thing um, with the pagan traditions. And if you try to explain that to anyone, um, they're going to think that you're crazy and that you just hate chocolate and presents. And that's that's generally how you get looked at. Why do you hate chocolate and presents? Well, I love chocolate and presents. And, and we can do that without celebrating a pagan tradition. Do you want to reset the comments and see... I don't know if that needed. Yep. Verse 13. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Current world system. Uh, Babylon revisited. I feel like that's what we are. Uh, there's not really much you have to add to that. Just turn the news on, uh, turn on social media, watch anything right now, and and this will make sense to you. <laughs> Verse 14, therefore Sheol has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoices shall descend into it. This one was pretty easy as well. It's what we've been experiencing the current three years and the the money that's been made uh, by those producing the solution. Um, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And you also see the number of deaths that are that have happened and are happening related to that solution every single day, all day long. It is amazing the number of news articles I read about young people and middle-aged people dying um, at alarming rates with blood clots and, and other complications that I can say as a nurse, I believe, are directly related to their solution. The new symptoms and side effects that nobody's seen before or can explain well, that would be a pretty easy way to explain why it's new and never been seen before. Mm -hmm. Continuing Isaiah 5, 15 through 21. And the mean man shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But Yahweh Sabaoth shall be exalted in judgment and L that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope that say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Yasharel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good 
and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. We're seeing a lot of that. We are, and we're going to get into that. We have some interesting information coming up. So let's start with the word evil, where it comes from, the descriptions. We actually see that it breaks down to ra, ra. And if you're ever followed or familiar with any uh, Egyptian theology, history, you're going to be very, you will know that name for sure. So the Brown Driver's Brig definition of evil is bad, disagreeable, malignant, wow. unpleasant, evil as in giving pain, unhappiness, or misery, or displeasing. Wow. And we know Ra is the sun god, right? And um, this eye, this single eye here is the eye of Horus. Um, the resh, the ayin, make up the word Ra, that root word Ra. That's the root of Ra. So that's a resh and an ayin. And to me, when I pulled this out, I saw the man or the head watching. So it's almost like evil, that evil head, that evil man has always got an eye on you, watching you. And I found it quite interesting that uh, it's, it's noted as bad and pleasant and giving pain and unhappiness and misery. That's so true, right? It is so true that when you're steeped in evil, when you're participating in evil, this is what you're inviting into yourself, something that's going to cause pain, unhappiness, and misery. Yeah, not even, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, especially spiritually, what it can do to your soul and, and your walk. Right. So here I just found many different other depictions of that eye of Horus, that eye of Ra. Um, and you'll notice here, uh, the first one is an early representation of the Masonic eye surrounded by the clouds and rays of light. You see those rays of light from the sun because he was the sun god. Um, this one with the pyramid and the eye you'll recognize from our dollar our dollar bill. That is the principal national symbol of the U.S. The Great Seal was first used in 1782. And below, that is the Eye of Horus found that that depiction comes directly from our uh, the center of our brain, the, where the um, pineal gland is. I was going to say pituitary. Thank you. The pineal gland. And I find it interesting that their symbology for that looks exactly like the pineal gland in your brain. And the only way they would know that is if they cut a brain in half to see it. That's the, that's the bizarre uh, fact of that. Yeah, that's interesting that that drawing was from 1782. It didn't take but just a few years after our country was formed to already have this established you know right it's and i'm sure it was in there. the works before mm -hmm. so the sun god ra has three aspects the first is kipri as the morning sun 
The second aspect is Ra himself as the mid-sun aspect. The final is Atum as the evening sun. Egyptian mythology notes him as Pharaoh of gods and Lord of creation. He merged with the war god Horus and together created Horakti. Horakti. Something like that. Yeah. Ra, the the Horus of two horizons. Osiris is the lord of the underworld. Isis, goddess of health, marriage, and wisdom, married her brother Osiris and are the great-great-grandchildren of Ra. Or evil. Ra is evil, right? I find it interesting that when he merged with Horus, he became the Horus of two horizons. That's like that two-faceness, that two-heartedness that we've talked about before, you know, good and evil. You can't have your foot in one world, though, and your other foot in the other. It just doesn't work that way. So here I found some depictions of, uh, this is Oscar from the Oscars in Hollywood. We are reminded that that golden statue of an unknown figure with his arms crossed and feet stood together bears a striking resemblance to the statues of Osiris, Horus's father, and Ptah, the god of craftsmen. It does. It looks so much like it, right? And that, and when you look into the history of Oscar, it's quite mysterious. No, no, there's no real explanation as to what or whom he is. So that's very interesting. I'm sure it's something as nefarious as this. Yeah, we see people giving their life and all their effort into to trying to win one of these yeah. awards. And what does that entail? I doubt they even know. Oh, I bet they or do. Or they might. Yeah. We just don't. <laughs> That's right. We just don't. Is this me? Yeah. Okay. I found this very interesting as well. So uh, Sunday worship is the setting aside of the first day of the week for the worship of the sun deity known in Babylon as Tammuz, in Persia as Mithra. The Roman cult of Mithras was based on this earlier Persian deity in Greece as Helios and in Rome as Sol Invictus, the unconquerable sun. The origin of sun worship, sun worship, why is that in there twice? I don't know. Sun worship originated in Babylon with the Bible character known as Nimrod, setting himself up as a mighty one in the earth by subjugating the population of that time to his authority and control. And you'll see that in Genesis 10, 8 through 12. Pagan sources name his wife, Semiramis, who became identified as the queen of heaven. And Jewish historical sources state that he was killed by one of the patriarchs because of the evil he was bringing into the earth. After his death, Semiramis, his wife, became pregnant and bore a son, which was claimed to be of divine origin, having been conceived from the now risen Nimrod. So this top picture here um, is a frieze of Mithras with the rays coming off of her head. And you'll notice the resemblance between Mithras and the Statue of Liberty and the rays coming off her head. It's right 
in plain sight. If you're looking, it's in plain sight. If you're studying and digging into these things, it's really hard not to see the truth that's right in your face, right? <laughs> it's all there documented in the history books. All you got to do is dig in. I'd use the internet while you can, while it's while you can still find stuff without it all being blocked. <laughs> um, but it's uncanny, the resemblances that you'll see and the fact that it's been hidden from us. And we just have lived this life with blinders on without even realizing why these statues, why these monuments, why all of these things are ingrained within our society. And generally the, the population, they just don't, ask they don't i didn't wonder and, and that's just where that's where it stops you know and nobody really wants to get to the truth to even realize that they're being deceived or that things are being hidden from them uh, so it does take the diligence and digging in uh, it's all there and it's very eye-opening once you do look into these certain topics right so this is very interesting and really I never even noticed it until we got on this walk and it was pointed out to us. But this one-eyed symbolism is just everywhere. All kinds of celebrities, athletes, stars of every kind on photo shoots, on magazine covers, album covers, everywhere it's everywhere uh, it's just it's crazy that once this is pointed out how often you will see a star do this and and why why would you cover up half your face in a to be on the cover of a magazine that doesn't every single one of them make too. any it's not logical just one sense. i mean look at these the the ones on the left are the 666 you know holding up that that's 666 here let me see six 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 right that's exactly what that is and the other is the one eye symbolism and it's always the right eye right no some of them are the left but right eye is it's always the covering of the one eye mm -hmm. so what do you support can you see the influence and in what our most elite and famous people worship that has come all this way from mitzrayim can it be coincidence no, definitely not. Our our country was founded with this as its as its base. <laughs> and this is really like a hidden handshake, a a sign to each other to let them know that hey, I'm a part of this. You know, the the, the normal person probably is gonna not even realize they're doing it, but especially not know what it signifies. Right. And so this is really a sign between them uh, to let each other know that they're part of this club. Right. And then you'll see that also, like now you see the, all these male actors wearing skirts and I'm not just talking about ones that are, are changing. I'm talking about uh, regular heterosexual men that are now wearing skirts. There's a ritual that goes through with all these things. It's a symbol. It's a, it's an acknowledgement, like James just said, that, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to within this. Um, well, let's just call it a cult because that's that's basically what it is. Well, and many times you will see that there's a, a humiliation 
ritual or initiation, initiation for them to be able to get in. There's even uh, another thing I didn't include, but uh, the one-eyed symbolism where these people have a massive black, black eye. eye. And, you know, it, it's kind of ironic that all these celebrities would get knocked out, you know, in the same eye. But that is another kind of rite of passage uh, or a humiliative act in order to get into this. So uh, keep your eyes out and you may start noticing this more and more if you haven't already caught on. Right. This me. So digging into that. You know, just curious where the one eye folklore comes from, where where it could be stemming from. Odin is the one eyed Norse god of both war and death. So here is the story of him sitting on his throne named. I don't even think I can say that that with Frigg in the hall of Valhalla. The Frigga is his wife. Right. Which is where we get the word Friday from. Odin looked out across the whole world, but he wanted to know everything and gain wisdom and knowledge of things hidden from him. This was a desire that drove him to sacrifice himself. So listen to this. He sacrificed his eye in Mirmir's well, and he threw himself on his spear, uh, Gungnir, in a kind of symbolic ritual suicide, and then he hanged himself in Yug's Drazel, the tree of life, for nine days and nine nights in order to gain knowledge of other worlds and be able to commute, be able to understand the runes. Uh, rune stone is like a stone um, in Norse mythology that has uh, like a magic spell or magic words on it. So during his sacrificial actions, he saw visions and received secret wisdom. The magical knowledge he gained made him able to cure the sick, calm storms, turn weapons against his attackers, make women fall in love, and render dangerous troll women harmless, often just with a look. So here you see him pictured. You, I couldn't zoom in really well, but he only has one eye. Um, and you can see the sun and the rays behind him. So I find it interesting that this is a lot of the symbolism that you see in Hollywood with the one eye. Um, are they trying to get that magical knowledge? Um, are these rituals that are still being carried out? I, I think it's too much of a coincidence. I, I think a lot of it is very intentional and it's right in our faces. It's not even hidden. There's nothing hidden. I know in one of the more recent Thor movies, obviously his father Odin had one the, the, the one eye, but then Thor himself also lost his eye. So that he could assume the throne, mm -hmm. right? He had to have that knowledge. He had to go through that sacrifice. And we also saw that uh, not long ago, I think show and I were reading and we heard, or, or I read where that was one of the, uh, Let's see, was it Solomon? Um, I think they were trying to overtake Israel and said, if you'll pluck out one of your eyes, you know, we'll just keep you as servants. <laughs> so this has been something that has been around for a long time. And if you think these guys are fake or make believe, you know, 
the day Wednesday is where this comes from after Odin. So most of the days of our week are actually our named gods. after those gods. Yeah. And you just don't realize it. So all the way back in Deuteronomy, we have this warning, the warning against idolatry. It's in Deuteronomy 12, 29 through 32. When Yahuwah Eloheka shall cut off the nations from before you, whether you go to possess them and you succeed them and dwell in their land, take heed to yourself that you be not snared by following them after that they be destroyed from before you and that you inquire not after their Elohim, saying, How did these nations serve their Elohim? Even so will I do likewise. You, sh you shall not do so unto Yahuwah Eloheka for every abomination to Yahuwah, which he hates, have they done unto their Elohim. For even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their Elohim. What thing soever I command you, guard to do it. You shall not add thereto, nor diminish from it. You know, very common phrase, you know, passing your children through the fire can really mean all kinds of things. But we see that was a very common practice back then. And we have just really kept that tradition alive in new and inventive ways. Some even say uh, that a lot of this switching um, where boys can choose to be girls or girls, boys, that that could also be considered passing them through the fire. That that was even a practice back then. That sacrifice, that that actually was a practice back then to cause that abomination. Ooh, that's small. I'm going to scoot up. So here we're going to get into the origins of the festival of Samhain or Halloween, which originated in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. So the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago in Ireland celebrated their new year on November 1st, when the world of the gods was believed to be made visible to mankind. It's a tradition held at the end of summer when sacrifices were made to the gods in Druid tradition. The adherents believe that Samhain, the god of death, scattered evil spirits during this time throughout the world to attack humans. These evil spirits played nasty tricks as soon as the dark winter and the waning of the sun set in. So to escape the attack, humans would assume disguises and make themselves look like evil spirits too. So that's where you get dressed up. Halloween is also the favorite time of year for witches or advocates of Wicca. Wicca is the official religion of witchcraft. Wiccan adherents believe that the night of October 31st, the separation of physical and spiritual realities is at its thinnest and least guarded. And so it's the best time for those who have necromantic abilities to speak to the dead. Necromancy is speaking to the dead. So in the first century AD, Samhain was assimilated into celebrations of some Roman traditions that took place in October, such as the day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. Pomona's symbol is the apple, which might explain the origin of bobbing for apples on Halloween. 
The custom of trick-or-treating is thought to have Irish origins, possibly the practice of going door-to-door begging for soul cakes or offerings for one's dead relatives. Failure to supply a treat would result in a practical joke or a trick, trick trick-or-treat. So the jack-o'-lantern custom is believed to come from Irish folklore about a drunk named Jack who tricked Satan into climbing a tree, then carved an image of a cross in the trunk to trap the devil. He struck a deal for Satan to leave his soul alone when he died, but then heaven would not take him either. So he carried embers in a hollowed turnip as he wandered in eternal darkness. The turnip was replaced with a pumpkin when we Americanized it. (laughs) It's just crazy to me that when you dig into these things and you see the evil connotations uh, where they began, many times we've heard the statement, it was Christianized it, you know, I, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can Christianize evil. There's, there's no way. I don't see Yah um, accepting that explanation. I, I think there's a line. You, you can't have one foot in his world in the, and on the narrow path with Yah and the other foot in the world of pagan tradition and pagan holidays. I don't think you can do it. I think a lot of people kind of align their moral compass with what the church does and participates in. And you see more and more churches are participating in Halloween. And Mm -hmm. even though they make it fun and cute for the kids, there's so much evil origins. um, It's just really a shame to see them allowing that. And that's just traditions and doctrines of men. And it's confusing for my grown up children now uh, why I don't, want to participate, you know, um, and we take hits for that in, on this walk. There's going to be lots of people not understand and just think you're, oh, you're too extreme. I don't know that y'all will agree with that. And and really, that's the only concern I have is what my conversation is going to be with y'all when I get there and how many things am I going to have to answer for? And And now I'm just shedding everything that is not of Yahweh. You know, this is a great example of how we are turning evil into good. It's okay. It's it's acceptable. You know, it's okay for the children to dress up and go to school in their costume or paint their face. You know, we have, we have taken the evil out out of it so it can be good, but really the evil has been there the whole time. We've just covered it up with the face paint. It's like a trance. It's like being in a trance Uh, and it's consumerism. That's, that's why when you're watching TV 24 seven and this stuff is just filtered into your eyes and your ears, of course, you're going to think it's normal and okay, because that is all that is on right now. I promise you, we don't have cable anymore, so we don't watch it, but I guarantee you that is everything that is on TV right now is dealing with, uh, Halloween. And most people don't have a clue what the holiday is even about or why they're doing it. It's just, it's like being cattle. You're just 
herded in and out, herded from this pagan tradition to that one. And, and people end up participating without even realizing it's a ritual that you're participating in. <laughs> you know, and just like Christmas, you know, both Halloween and Christmas for many years were illegal and not allowed in America because, right. you know, they knew what it represented they did. and they were not going to stand for it. They had the morals of the Puritans wanted, you know, the, to keep the, the word pure and the church pure. And just over time, it has slowly been corrupted. Because having fun and fitting in is more important than your eternal soul, than your eternal damnation. Um, that's how, that's just how I look at it. And I definitely, uh, am not judging anyone. I'm just trying to shine a light in the darkness. Um, uh, I participated, um, but once my eyes were open, that was it. I, there's, I couldn't in good merit participate anymore because I do love y'all with all my heart and all my mind and all my soul. And I know that he can't be where evil is. I know he can't be in me and he can't be in your church. If you're doing um, Halloween in your church, he can't be where that is. He's not going to be where there is a mixture of, of good and evil and you can't Christianize evil. You can't do it. And we'll get into Christmas later uh, on a different show, but you're going to see also in that, that Santa Claus has origins in Norse mythology and the god Odin as well. You're going to see how crazily intertwined, intertwined all of this is. It's just when you see it, it's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, really, it all stems from the Catholic Church wanting to convert all these pagan, you know, practicing so people mixed them in. You know, they wanted them to become religious. And so they they knew that they couldn't just completely do away with it all. So they just kind of mixed it together yeah. and gave them enough Increased to be numbers. satisfied. And so uh it's it's continued to this day. So as Christianity spread through Europe, it came into conflict with the indigenous pagan beliefs. The organized church basically challenged the established customs by trying to introduce Christian alternatives. Although Christianity gained some converts, it, many were adamant, and so the missionaries succeeded only in Christianizing pagan rituals. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself, like always. Yeah. <laughs> they were only able to be introduced Christian symbols and practices to the pagan traditions, like all Hollow's Eve remembrance, which is where you get the name Halloween. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the missionaries in injected the All Saints Day concept into the pagan Halloween celebration. They introduced the evening before All Saints Day as All Hallows Eve, when the time of solemn remembrance of the martyrs began begins. The term was derived from hallowed, which means holy. Mm. All Hallows Eve was shortened to Halloween, then eventually became Halloween over the years. The only difference between the two practices is that the early Christians' observance of Halloween never involved wearing costumes. 
It was rather a solemn event focused on prayer and meditation. Sadly, though, the pagan practices held a remarkably strong influence that some of the new converts were unable to abandon their old customs altogether. Over the years, other Christians adopted these customs too. Besides, commercialization came into play. Thus, the practice of trick-or-treat, costumes, ornaments, and the makeup and body coloring is very much alive even to the present. You can find all this information from the website below. We will have that link in the description if you want to dig in yourself or send to others. So I've attached this link also, and it will be in the description. It's actually a video in, uh, interview of John Ramirez. I don't know if uh, a lot of people probably do know about him. He's been on CBN and several other shows giving his testimony. John Ramirez is an ex-Satanist, and he warns against one-night stands with the devil and recounts 30 days of torment after finding Christ. So after he left Satanism uh, in this video, you'll you'll see in his interview that he went through 30 days of just severe torment. So he likens celebrating Halloween to cheating on Yahusha and Christians don't see Satanists going to church. There's a quote. He this is a quote of, of John Ramirez saying there's a quote by Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan, where he says in his own words, I want to thank every Christian parent, not Buddha, not Muhammad, none of that. Every Christian parent, I want to thank them that they allow their children to celebrate the devil one night out of the year, which is Halloween. Ramirez said warningly, he's intentionally thanking Christian parents. Thank you for dressing up your kids, changing their identities and sacrificing spiritually. And that's what we were talking about, the passing your children through the fire. You're changing their identity, right? And people won't see it that way. It's just fun playing dress up. But when you dig into it and you see the spiritual connotations to this, there's so many different layers like peeling an onion um, within there. For the past 20 years, this born again Christian has been persistently working to expose the enemy schemes. The devil is at work and lurking in the shadows, targeting Christians. He adds their spiritual warfare and spiritual atmosphere and opportunity that the devil gives you. We need to be precise. We need to be persistent and we need to know how to conquer those opportunities. And the link will be in our description box as well. And this is, in case you're wondering, this is Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan. I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. When I saw that several years ago, that was the end of it for me. And I don't know how these things are hidden or why, if I had seen it, I didn't pay attention and that it didn't scare me absolutely to my core. Okay, let's get off him. I don't like looking at his face. He is creepy. He is. He's dead now. But he did his damage. He's he did. ruined so many people's lives, uh, indoctrinating them in the evil. And making them, think, making them think that they're cool. You know, you're on the cool team if you're hanging out there. Ugh. 
So the world's obsession with pagan holidays pushed by greedy businesses looking to make a buck, regardless of the implications morally or spiritually. National Retail Federation estimates for 2022 Halloween spending will reach a record $10.6 billion, exceeding last year's record of $10.1 billion. So even in a recession and all this, we're still willing to spend all our money that we possibly can't afford on Halloween candy, decorations, and costumes. Reporting by Finder.com notes that Americans are expected to spend $803 million on pumpkins alone for carving into jack-o'-lanterns. Wow. The number one costume ranking in 2022 for adults. Number one is a witch. Two is a vampire. Three is a ghost. Wow. You know, you All get... All three of those, Yod says don't do that, right? <laughs> You get indoctrinated as a child. You grow up year after year wanting to be your favorite character or whatever. And this doesn't end as a child. You see many adults still participating in this celebration. We, for many years, dressed up, you know, not thinking twice about it. And, of course, once we realized what we were really doing, we just dropped it and never looked repented. back and repented Still because, repenting. you know, there is so much that we don't even realize what we may have opened up or exposed ourselves to. Um, so it, it's not just a thing for children. There's adults and children alike year after year participating in this, encouraging them, passing the traditions down generation to generation. The official poverty rate in 2021 was 11.6%, with 37.9 million people in poverty. Even with these rates of poverty, people will still spend the money to participate in Halloween, Christmas, and Easter. The pagan holidays are steeped in greed, lasciviousness, envy, jealousy, coveting, and pride with a ruach of bankruptcy, both morally and and monetarily to participate you are required to spend 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 on the decorations the costumes the gifts the food and drink and if you don't then you are just not normal and when they are done you are left empty and depressed so true so some documents mention that during sam hain Six days of drinking alcohol to excess, typically uh, drinking alcohol to excess, which was typically mead or beer, along with gluttonous feast. So excessive alcoholism. And that's usually associated with all the pagan holidays. Um, of all the holidays, though, Hall Halloween ranks number five in terms of overall alcohol consumption, which I found rather low on the ladder. Um, that's typically the pagan holiday that was always associated. Every bar out there will have a costume contest. Um, so that I found that weird. Many don't just consume one or two drinks, but rather spend the night binge drinking, consuming five or more drinks in two hours for men and four drinks for women. Death can often be the result. In fact, 43% of car crashes on Halloween involve someone who has a blood alcohol content of 
eight or higher. In addition, 23% of pedestrian deaths are a result of drunk driving. The risks are even higher when Halloween falls on a weekend as alcohol consumption rises by 30%. Moreover, moreover, individuals under the age of 21 show the highest fatality rate with a 45% of drunk car collisions ending in the death on Halloween night. How sad is that? I know where I grew up, there were always tons of car wrecks around Halloween. The drinking and driving, people getting into mischief, throwing eggs at houses, uh, just all kinds of tricks go on that night. Well, and what is everybody doing? They're walking the streets. So they are. It would be so dangerous if this is such a high rate of drunk driving. Right. You know, these poor little children are at risk in so many ways. But look, it's a continuation of that Sam Hain that was started back in the days of the Druids and the Celts, where six days of drinking alcohol, the excess, and gluttonous feast, you know. So below that, that led me to First Peter 4, 1 through 4, 5. I just wanted to put this in there. It Yah really pulled me in this direction. For as much then as Mashiach has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of Elohim. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the other nations when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? So this fits so well. People are not going to be happy when you choose not to participate. And, and they're going to call you all kinds of names and suggest that you're crazy because you hate chocolate. There's so much more to it. There's so much more. We are to live to the will of Elohim. And we see what it is that he asks of us, what it is that he wants of us. It's not this. It's not participating in pagan traditions. You know, really, I know this is a church thing, but what would Messiah do? You know, just ask yourself that when you're at a crossroads in life, wondering if, you know, do I need to do this to fit in or is it okay to partake or not? Right. Or it's you know, not that bad would to he just dress up. participate in this kind of activity, you know, and I think your your gut will tell you whether your mind wants to admit it or not. Or not, right. Set apart is set apart. So we're going to finish here in Isaiah chapter 8, starting in verse 18. Behold, I and the children whom Yahuwah have given me are for signs and for wonders in Yasharel, from Yahuwah Sevaoth, which dwells in Mount Zion. And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep, and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their Elohim? 
for the living to the dead, to the Torah and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them and they shall pass through it hardly bestowed and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their Elohim and look upward. And they shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. Galatians 5.19 through 5.21 Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of Elohim. And in Revelations 18.23, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in you, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorceries were all nations deceived. And Revelations 21.8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. These are all things I don't ever want to experience. And when someone says to you it's not that big a deal these are the words of Yahweh of our Elohim that says that it is a big deal and I pray these words uh, comfort and if you need to speak to your family members that don't understand Please send it to them. Please talk to them because I think it's important that we at least do our due diligence to shine a light on this darkness. We absolutely have to. And and whether they accept it or not at that point is on them. And, and don't judge. Do it from a place of love and just understand Yahweh is working on them as well. And you may be planting a seed that's going to grow in a deeper faith and, and a desire to make Yahweh happy with them, you know, to get on that narrow path. Just digging in, you know, I would encourage you to do your own studies. We've been doing this for three or four years now, and we're still learning so much, still so much that we don't even know yet. This is just scratching the surface, but it is eye-opening to find these truths and deceptions. And, you know, unfortunately, society has made it to where if you don't do these things, you don't fit in and you're not part of the cool club. And, you know, people just think you're abnormal, but really, you know, we're sticking to what YAH has commanded, what the Torah says, we're being bold, and that's sometimes not easy to do, especially Never. when the world is kind of 
pointing at us like we're the odd ones out. We're just trying to do the right thing. And we hope that, you know, these words can encourage you to stand bold as well for the word and for the truth. Uh, for Yahweh. Encourage you to find these these truths for your own. You know, there's so many topics, rabbit trails that you can go down, but you've got to start in order to really awaken your eyes and your ears. So, And you start in his word. That's the exactly. That's the key part. You start in his word. And that will, you will never be steered off, off track if that's what you're doing. His word is perfect and will never lead you astray. Right. Doctrines of man will absolutely lead you astray. So stay in scripture and know that he wants the best for you. And the way to righteousness is in the word. It is. And I'll see you in the morning on Mercy Poured Forth. Thank you, everyone. We hope that you have a wonderful week as we enter into Shabbat. And we're just hoping that you have a blessed rest day and that you come back and see us next time. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.